Well, hi, everybody. Welcome. Happy New Year to everybody. Um, I want to say hi to everybody at our Torrance campus. We're connected right now with you guys. And if you weren't able to make it out to one of our physical campuses, either uh, here at Manhattan Beach or at Torrance, um, and you're watching online, uh, great that we can start the year together. If you are new with us, let me introduce myself. My name is Jason Cusick. I'm the lead pastor here at the church. And you may have been part of one of our Christmas uh, services, and now you're back in the beginning of the year. This might be a time to come back to church after being away for a while, or it might be one of your first time in church ever, whatever the case is. So glad you're here. I think you're here for a reason, and we're excited that you're here. Each week on Sundays, what we do, in addition to finding a way to connect with each other and build new relationships, is we have some inspiring music that we get to play and sing together. And then there's a time where we look into the Bible, and what we do is we try to figure out how this ancient book relates to us today. What can we learn that can help us in our relationships with each other, our relationships in the world around us, and in our relationship with God? Now, that's related to what we're talking about today because this little three-letter word, God, actually means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So what are we talking about? In fact, the, uh, the Bible itself has a, hundreds of different titles and names for this person called God. And what we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're not going to look at all of those hundreds of names. What we're going to do over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three of those names where a lot of the other names come from, and it's three of the most common names of God or words for God that Jesus used in helping people to build a relationship with God. And we're going to see how these three names can help us in our relationship with each other and our relationship with God. So what we're going to do right now is just kind of dive into the first one. And when I say the first one, I mean let's look at the very first page of the Bible and the very first sentence of the Bible and see what word is used to describe God. Here's what it says. In the book of Genesis, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, this book, Genesis, was written originally in the Hebrew language. God is an English word. Here's the Hebrew word for God in this sentence. It says, in the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. This word for God, it literally just means God in Hebrew, but this word Elohim is associated with understanding God as the creator and unifying source of the universe. It's the one that made everything and wants everything to pull together into unity. That's what that word Elohim points to. I was thinking about this word Elohim and how it relates to my life, particularly in associated with my, the creative part of me as being a, a maker and a creator of things. I have a lot of hobbies and they involve making things with my hands. Um, particularly related to Star Wars. I love Star Wars. I, the new show, Andor, has got me super excited. I am such a Star Wars fan that for our family photo this year, we had a Star Wars-themed family photo. This is, this is us for our family photo this year. 
and I made the weapons, and we thrift shopped all the outfits and everything like that. Um, and on uh, Halloween of last year, I was like, I want to transform my front yard into a Star Wars-themed area. So I took a picture of it during the day. Here's what it looked like. So um, this is a full-speed, uh, a full-size speeder bike from Return of the Jedi that I built out of Nutrisystem boxes and PVC pipe. Um, and then there's just a bunch of junk I got from my garage. Um, I built a blast door for my garage door that's made out of insulation, little quarter-inch insulation. And then I, I got these uh, broken shop vac vacuum cleaners, and I was like, these look like droids. So I made it look like droids that were being repaired, and I actually put sound effects on it. Here's a little video from that night. So that was, that was in the corner of the yard. So anyway, turn that off for a second. Here, here's why this was so exciting for me. Okay, so first, I got to use that creativity as a maker. You know, I got to say, look, this is what I love. This is what I'm going to make an expression of who I am and what I love. The other part, too, is it brought people together in my neighborhood. And I, I'm not talking about little kids. I'm talking about 50-year-old boys. Because, <laughs> the, you know, they walk by with their family. They'd be, honey, can you just take the kids, go that way? And then all of us guys hung around, and we kind of nerded out in my yard and got a chance to talk. And I just found out the other day, one of the guys in the neighborhood, he's actually a, a prop master for the Mandalorian and the Ahsoka show and stuff like that. So I'm like, I'm having a great time talking to that guy. <laughs> That, that idea of being a maker, a creator, and then designing a creation to bring people together is at the heart of this name of God, Elohim, also known as God. Um, Elohim is this idea that there is a creative and unifying source of the universe. Now, some of you uh, here with us now, or you might know someone that says, I don't know about God, but I, I'm, I believe in the universe. You know, you might be one of these people that goes, thank the universe, you know, or I want to be connected in the power of the universe. That's awesome. That's a great start. What I'm going to do today is we're looking at this name Elohim. I want to invite you, you can actually take one step further in in, a, in an awareness that you might even feel like the universe is so amazing and so awe-inspiring, it's got to be eternal and self-created. The name Elohim actually invites you to realize that the, the universe that is so beautiful and, and wonderful and full of awe actually has a personal and powerful creator that is responsible for it. So that's what Elohim points us to. So uh, here's the main idea of what we're talking about today, that we can experience God as the creator of all things good and beautiful. So what I want to do is I want to share with you some of these awe-inspiring, wonderful things that this ancient book tells us about Elohim, and then I want to give you a, a couple of, of ways that maybe you could take that next step in connecting with the creator of all things good and beautiful. Let's start by jumping back to that original creation story in the beginning of the Bible and see what it says about Elohim. Here's what it says. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless 
and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of Elohim was hovering over the surface of the waters. We have this beautiful picture of primeval earth, but God is not absent. In fact, it says the spirit of Elohim is hovering over the creation. Um, The word here in the original Hebrew kind of alludes to like a, a mother bird hovering over the nest. You know, there's creation and protection happening. And this kind of creative hovering um, seems to be alluded to in the Christmas story that we, that we looked at, that, that we kind of celebrated last year, when Mary is asking of uh, a, an angel who visits, and, and she realizes there's going to be this miraculous conception of, of Jesus. She's like, how is this possible? And look what the angel says. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. It's this creation hovering that is at the heart of Elohim. In fact, we might kind of touch on this in our own lives. Have you, have you been in a place in your life where you're making something or you're creating something? Maybe you're at work and you're looking at some blueprints or you're, or you're, or you're running some numbers or maybe you're crafting or you're cooking and you're kind of like in that creative zone where you're like vibing and thriving and you're kind of in that creative space. That's a picture of Elohim, and that's a picture of kind of the connection we have with the God who did that with everything we see. And not only did Elohim create and make everything, but there's a sense that in some mysterious and beautiful way, Elohim continues to sustain and hold everything together. Look at this quote from one of the early Christians that was writing to uh, Jewish Christians in the first century. It says, God sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. It's not just a God who made something and then went away. There's kind of an active presence in our lives on a regular basis. And maybe even that presence of Elohim keeps our physical universe from fracturing and falling apart. Look at how one other first century Christian uh, spoke about God. In him, all things hold together. What I find really interesting is these second two quotes about God sustaining things and God holding things together... They point to Elohim, but in their context, these two quotes were actually written to describe part of what Jesus does. Let me read them to you in the original, uh, original text. Here's what it says. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son, Jesus. Through the son, he created the universe. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. 
The Son is the image of the invisible God, this Elohim, the firstborn over all creation. And for in him, in Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What are these ancient writers talking about? These ancient writers are saying, when we look out into the universe, like I feel like every, every week or two we're getting new images from the, the, the uh, James Webb telescope. Right? When we look out into the universe, when we look into the depths of the ocean, and we are still discovering life forms, things that we haven't even knew existed in the depths of the ocean. When we look at the microscopic engines of creation at the atomic level, the protons and electrons, the very glue of physics and chemistry, we are seeing, we are seeing the fingerprint of Elohim. Not just a powerful and personal God who made the universe, but a powerful and personal God who's actively involved in sustaining it and holding it together and preventing it from fracturing. And if you're one of those people that's kind of like, hey, thank the universe, or I want to be connected with the universe, that's awesome. I want to encourage you, if you want to get closer to the the, the universe, the God of the universe, all you have to do is take one step closer to Jesus because that's the connection we have. Not only is Elohim responsible for the, the matter, the stuff of creation, but Elohim also is intimately connected with creating us and our relationships to one another. Let's go back to that creation story in Genesis where it's talking about Elohim. After it describes how God creates the world in this seven-day creation story, and it's interpreted a lot of different ways by a lot of different people, the pinnacle of creation is this. Elohim says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Us? Who is us? The word Elohim in Hebrew is a singular word with a plural ending. Now, this happens in Hebrew at other times. Words like face and water are also singular plurals. And some have said that they kind of communicate activity and motion. But what we believe we have here in the name Elohim is the belief in one God... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit actively involved in creation and sustaining and keeping the universe together. And this God, Elohim, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, creates human beings. And here's what it says. So Elohim created human beings 
in his own image. In the image of Elohim, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, we'll talk about gender next week as it relates to God, but here we have something very interesting. Notice that Elohim is not a man creating a male and then a female as an afterthought. The image of God is male and female in partnership and cooperation. The full expression of the image of God is men and women equal in partnership and responsibility. Now, responsibility to do what? Well, that's what it says next. Then Elohim blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry on the ground. Again, we're talking about water, sky, land. The mission is the responsibility for us to work together as an expression of being made in the image of God in our use of our power and authority to work together in the world to continue to help bring the world together and to keep it within the plan of God. Now, how do we do this? What would this look like? Let me shift now, and let's get really practical. Let's go back to the main idea. We can experience God as the creator of all things good and beautiful. Here's two ways we can do that. Number one, be in awe of the natural wonders of the world. This word Elohim is used in the Bible over 2,000 times. And when it's used, it's designed to help awaken us to our shared humanity and our shared connection to the God that created the universe. And so when we look out in the world, we have the option or the opportunity to connect with God in a meaningful way. In fact, some of the biblical writers, what they would do is they shorten the word Elohim to just the first couple of letters, E-L, and then they add a word that refers to something in the natural world, and that becomes another name for God. Let me give you some examples. With related to time, uh, El Olam, that means God is everlasting. So when we think about time, God is the author of time. When it comes to the earth and the land, the name is El Haaretz, which means the God of the earth. When we survey, I was watching some videos the other day of just landscapes. And when you look out on beautiful landscapes, you go, ah, the God of the earth. The earth itself reminds me of this good and personal being. The sky and the universe, uh, El Shamaim, see the plural there, God of the heavens. When we look up into the sky, we look up into the universe. It creates that sense of awe and wonder. And then I talked about this idea that, that there's a concern or a fear we have that the world will experience a fracturing, an apocalypse, that the world itself will fall apart, that our world is fracturing. And when we are in those moments, we can be reminded of a very unique name of God, El Echad, which means God is one. What holds the universe together? Not only the world as we know it, but at a molecular, atomic level, it is the oneness 
of God himself holding the universe together. How would we live this? And this is a lot of like, oh my goodness, we're talking about big philosophical things. How do we apply this? Let me give you an action step. I want to encourage you to build reflective rhythms into your schedule. Here in 2023, what would it look like to build some rhythms into your day, into your week, where you're interacting with the natural world as a way to get closer to Elohim? There's a verse down here. I'd love you to take a, make a note of this and read this verse. It's from the New Testament. Um, some people came to Jesus because they wanted to know how to get closer to God. And so Jesus taught them. He was like, well, there's prayer, and there's fasting, and then there's giving. But they were still kind of anxious about how to be connected with God. And so Jesus says, well, look around. He says, look at the birds. Look at the trees. Look at the flowers. He said, see how God made those and God takes care of those and continues to take care of those? You think if God's taking care of flowers, he's going to take less care of you? I love what Jesus was doing. What Jesus was doing was encouraging them to allow interaction with the natural world to inform their faith and to inspire more trust. Do you do this? You take walks, go down the beach, go surfing, walk outside. When you do it, Maybe this week, or maybe as part of your normal rhythm, because some of you do it, you're like, yeah, this is good. It's good for my exercise. You know, I get to breathe better, and I get to lose a little weight. I get my steps in, stuff like that. But it might be a little bit more physiological. I want to encourage you to take a step further and make it part of a spiritual discipline. And maybe you turn off the podcast, or you turn off the music, and you listen to the waves. Or you hear the breeze in the tree. And you allow that to be an opportunity to connect with God. Or as you're walking, you're going, oh, this is taking longer than I thought. And you use that as a spiritual reflection about God who is over time. And you go, boy, my perception of this is very long. Yet God's perception of this is probably very different. And God is with me in this moment, even though time feels this way. You allow your interaction with the natural world to be an opportunity for spiritual reflection. That's one way we can experience God as the creator of all things good and beautiful. Here's the second way. Be loving to all those made in God's image. Now, which, which of us are made in God's image? Well, it's all of us. We're all made. We don't pick and choose on that point. You know, you can't say, well, I'm made in God's image. I don't know about this guy over here. You know, um, they might not be acting like they're in God's image. And there's times where we're not acting like we're made in God's image. But the idea is God is not only wanting us to connect with him, but God is wanting us to connect with each other. And it's how we relate to each other that actually tells us something about God's name. Let me explain what I mean by that. The word Elohim, as I said, was used thousands of times in the Bible, but there is one instance where the word Elohim refers to human beings. Here's where it is. It's in one of the Psalms, a great poem, uh, poetry and songbook in the Bible. It says, God presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods. Now, what the psalm writer is describing is God is 
among us and is evaluating the gods. Now, when he says gods, he's not talking about other gods of other religions. What he's saying is God evaluates those of us who are using our God-given influence and power. Remember, it says God created human beings in his image, and then he gave them dominion. Some believe that what it means to be created in the image of God is directly related to what it means to exercise authority and power. And this can be everything from influencers and politicians and parents and leaders to all of us because all of us have influence and power. And so what God wants is as we use our influence and power, our influence and power should reflect the character of God. Because look how this psalm continues. It says, God renders judgment among the gods, and then he says this, how long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. What, what God is saying here is how we relate to each other sends a message about who God is. Are we relating to other people the way God relates to other people. Let me show you some more names of God. When it comes to people who are mistreated, God is described in the Bible as El Tzadik, which means the God of righteousness. God treats people with fairness and justice. Do you treat people with fairness and justice? Or do you lead from your biases, your presumptions? When it comes to people who are lonely, God is described as El Roy, God who sees. God sees the lonely and the outcast. Do you? Do you have a special eye for people who feel left out? When you're in a crowd, are you very aware of the people who don't feel like they fit in? The people who feel like they are different than anyone else? Are you aware of those people? Jesus certainly was. And when it comes to people who are powerless, God is described as El Gibor, the God of strength. When people in your life feel weak, and they're struggling, and they feel powerless. Are you there to support them? Are you there to empower them? Are you help, there to help them find agency? How we relate to each other is an opportunity for us to express the name of God. But as we start the new year, we all need to realize, hey, there's plenty of relationships we need to work on, that there's people that we're relating to that maybe don't, we don't relate to them the way that God does. And maybe we can invite God in for some help with that. That's my other action step for you as we start 2023. Invite Jesus into an area of life that needs repair. Here's another verse I'd love for you to read this week. We read part of this earlier where it talked about Jesus holding all things together. When you read the entire section of the verse, it really talks about how Jesus is trying to create a new world that he's trying to bring all things into unity and conformity. And he's inviting us to partner with him in that. So some of us, we're partnered with him in some areas, but other areas, we're not partnered with him. What is an area that maybe you say, hey, Jesus, I need to address that? Maybe there's a relationship in your family or at work or at school, friendships. Maybe there's an area of personal 
dysfunction in your life. When you think about the world as an ordered place of gears coming together, maybe there's an area of your life that's like this or an area of your life that's bumping up against what Jesus is trying to do. And this is an opportunity to go, yeah, I need to invite Jesus to say, hey, help me with that. I'll tell you what it is for me. I was looking at at the end of last year, just kind of thinking about the new year. And for me, I easily slip into uh, cynicism. I can go to negativity and cynicism very quickly. Sarcasm is kind of a, a, I'm a, I'm bilingual in sarcasm. And so I'm having to work on that a little bit. You know, that prayer of lead me not into temptation. I'm like, I can find it all by myself, you know? Um, so I'm having to work, I'm working on not just being positive. That's not really what it is. I'm trying to be hopeful because I realize when God looks at the world, when God looks at my life, when God looks at the lives of other people, he's not snarky and he's not cynical and he's not sarcastic. God's hopeful. And the Bible actually says love is not only patient and kind and not easily triggered, love hopes Love always hopes. So I want to be more hopeful. That's one of those areas I'm working on to say, can I cooperate with Jesus so that I'm partnering in his new creation of the world? What could you be working on? Think about it and talk to somebody. Don't just keep it in yourself because then when you don't do it, then nobody will know. I mean, the goal is you're supposed to talk with some, hey, here's what I want to start working on. And and, and, and be, be thinking that way with me. Be asking about how that is going. Let me summarize what we talked about today. The names of God. What does that name God even mean? A lot of different names out there, a lot of different descriptions. Here's one of them that's really powerful. It's that name Elohim. And it points to God as the maker of all things. And we can experience God as the creator of all things, good and beautiful, two ways. We can be in awe of the natural wonders of the world. Take that reverence and that awe and that sense of wonder you have for the natural world, experience it more, and then take one more step. Build some rhythms into your life where you're interacting more with Elohim because that is actually a step to get you closer and closer to Jesus, who is inviting us to do the second thing, be loving to all those made in God's image. Are there areas of relationship repair? Are there areas of personal work that you can invite God into your life to help you do so that your experience in 2023 is different? It's revived, it's new, and it's meaningful. Let me, we're gonna wrap up our service. I'm gonna close in prayer, and then we're gonna sing the chorus to a song we sang earlier, which has a bunch of names of God in it, and it'll just be an opportunity for us to, to sing more. And one of the words that is used in the song is holy, and that's also a name of God. And that word holy speaks of that kind of awe and reverence and perfection and beauty, even that experience that we have. When I looked at one of the last images from the James Webb telescope, I felt so humbled and I, 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 was, I was so wowed, and I was so impressed. And the only word that I could come up with for how I felt was I felt like I was looking at holiness. So we're going to sing that song together, and it's a way for us to kind of finish strong. After the service, if, 
If there's something you'd like prayer about, we're going to have our prayer team available over here at the cross, over at Torrance, over at the cross there at Torrance. Um, if you want somebody to pray with, or if you want to get connected here in the new year for something new, you let us know. Let us know. Let me pray for us, and then we'll sing together. God, thank you so much. Thank you that we can be together um, physically in the room as well as online. And thank you that we can look out into the world and, and, and we have these amazing feelings and this even sense of responsibility to care for the world that you have made. It's, it's through our theology of creation care, God, that we want to take care of this world because this world is another way that we experience connection with you. God, as we, as we finish our time here together, give us that sense of, of awe and wonder and respect and responsibility. And we thank you. We sing to you, and we're grateful. And we thank you in the name of the one also known as God, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. Amen.